Welcome to day 319 of Shaped by the Word. My name is David. I'm here with Katie and Matt, and we find ourselves in Acts chapter 7. And we were introduced to Stephen um, yesterday in, in Acts chapter 6, and we found out that he was a man full of God's grace and power. He was full of the Spirit. Um, when he would go against the, the rulers of the day, he said no one could stand up against the wisdom that the Spirit gave him as he spoke. And this is also a man who, who also waited on tables. And so he proclaimed the gospel. He also served and, and met needs all around him. And so when we're introduced to Stephen, we're introduced to a pretty remarkable man. And today we find him um, giving a, a, a wonderful speech before the Sanhedrin, um, but it does end in him being stoned. And the, the, the tension gets even higher when we find out that the guy kind of leading all of this is a guy named Saul, who we'll find out later is a guy named Paul. And so the story continues. And really, if you've been keeping up with uh, the drama of Scripture, this is really like the cliff notes of everything we've been saying over the last 300 and 19 days. And so if you ever found a podcast, A Shape by the Word, that you were to just get everything, this is it. Hopefully we do it justice. And so this is really kind of the culmination of so many things we've been talking about throughout the podcast as we find Stephen given a, a, a beautiful recounting of, of the history of Israel mm-hmm. and how it led to Christ. And so if you've ever kind of wondered how the Bible ties together or how the Old Testament points to the New, um, Acts chapter 7 is really helpful. Mm that. So as always, though, before we dive in, um, let's go to our Heavenly Father um, for a moment of prayer. Father, we come to you so thankful for your word, so thankful that your word is living and active, and so thankful that you have been with your people throughout time and throughout history to preserve your word so that we have your word. And so may it never be lost on us what we, what we have, um, the beauty of your scriptures, we thank you for the beauty of your gospel, which spans all 66 books of Scripture. Um, from beginning to end, it points us and tells us of Christ. And so may you give us eyes to see and ears to hear now as we turn to your word. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we left off yesterday in verse 15, that all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And then we pick up in chapter 7. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? To this he replied, brothers and and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land that I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and headed and settled in Haran. After his death, after the death of his father, God sent him to the land um, where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance there, not even enough ground to set his foot on. But God promised him and said that his descendants uh, after him would possess the land, even though at the time Abraham had no children. God spoke to him in this way, for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. And they will be enslaved and mistreated, but I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, God said. And afterward, they will come out of that country and worship me in this place. Then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, and Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac Isaac had him circumcised eight days after his birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of the twelve patriarchs. 
Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. When a famine struck all Egypt and Canaan, bringing great suffering, and our ancestors could find no food. When Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our forefathers on their first visit. On their second visit, Joseph told his brothers who he was, and Pharaoh learned about Joseph's family. After this, Joseph sent for his father Jacob and his whole family, 75 in all. Then Jacob went down to Egypt, where he and our, where he and our ancestors died. Their bodies were brought back to Shechem and placed in the tomb that Abraham had bought from the sons of Hamar and Sketchem for a certain sum of money. After the time drew near for God to fulfill his promises to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt had greatly increased. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our ancestors by forcing them to throw out their firstborn babies so that they would die. At that time, Moses was born. He was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile to them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After forty years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses who had rejected, who had been rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be the ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out to Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and the forty years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the, the assembly of the wilderness, and the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors, and he received living words to pass on to us. But our ancestors refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him 
and in their in and in their hearts they turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, "Make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who led us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him." That was the time where they made the idol in the form of a calf. They brought sacrifices to it and revealed to it and reveled in what they had made with their own hands. But God turned away from them and gave them over to the worship of the sun, moon, and stars. This agrees with what was written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings forty years in the wilderness, people of Israel? You have taken up the tabernacle of Molech and the star of your god Raphon, and the idols you made to worship. Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our ancestors had the tabernacle of the covenant Moses. Uh, uh, sorry, our ancestors had the tabernacle of the covenant law with them in the wilderness. It had been made as God directed Moses according to the pattern he had, say, he had seen. After receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors under Joshua brought it with them, and they took it to the land from the nations God drove out before them. It remained in the land until the time of David, who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. However, the, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands. As the prophet said, Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through the angels but have not obeyed it. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul approved of their killing him. And we have uh, one minute left in Shape by the Word because we read a really awesome but long chapter. And so again, we, we see Stephen, right? And he's mm -hmm. before the Sanhedrin and he goes and recounts the story of the people of Israel. Yeah. But then he tells them, man, in verse 51, as he kind of brings it to a close, I mean, you are just like your ancestors, you stiff-necked people. You, you have the law but you haven't obeyed it mm -hmm. so again we see that they were so close to the things of god and yet they they missed it by even murdering the mm -hmm. son of god mm -hmm. and, and so they stone him and they put an end to his story yet we know the story doesn't end after that though and so i don't know you got about 25 seconds guys yeah well, this Maybe is one of those passages right where they tell them they 
they think Stephen speaking, speaking blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And Stephen begins to unpack this story of Scripture saying, no, if you, if you really knew who God was, you would have seen that he's been moving towards this moment all along. And I mean, that's the same thing that Jesus taught, you know, that you if you believe in Abraham, you'd believe in me, you know, you hold to the words of Moses, mm-hmm. you know, but really, you know, he pointed to me. And, and so you see these things time and time again in the teaching of Jesus. And now we're seeing it in the teaching of the church that they saw Jesus as being the one who came in fulfillment of the Old Testament promises. And, you know, my only complaint with uh, Stephen here is he should have waited to call the people a stiff-necked people and you killed the righteous one until after he gave us a little bit more, you know, <laughs> get to the prophets and spend a little bit more time there. Because, I mean, this is, you know, it's at times we, we like wish we were on the Emmaus Road and what did Jesus teach, you know, and in large part probably what he taught is a lot of what we're reading here in, in the life, you know, and message of Stephen. So, um, I mean, incredible passage. We're seeing increase, increasing opposition, mm-hmm. but we are seeing people hold tightly to the to the gospel and to Jesus. Yeah, I think the th- thing that strikes me is how they um, cover up their ears as they rush toward him at the end of that chapter, because it's such a picture of what is what has hap- been happening, which is they they do not have ears to hear, and God has not chosen to open their ears to hear. Um, and it makes me think of how often we, when we might disagree or when we might even not be hearing the word of the Lord, like we are shutting our ears up because we don't want to hear it. And so personally, just how convicting is that, that um, it, it makes me, it leads me to want to pray, God, would you, would you humble me? Would you open my ears to hear what you have to say instead of, try to do what I think is right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's definitely what I take from this passage. It's all amazing, yeah. amazing stuff. And then as they're stoning him, you know, they're, they're dragging him out of the city. The witnesses are laying their coats at the feet of, of Saul. And, you know, Stephen prays as he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of, of the mm-hmm. Father. How amazing is that? Mm-hmm. And receive my spirit. But then he also says, Lord, do not hold this sin against him, which... You know, he's following the way of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And, and this, not just the way of Jesus, this is very much the same thing Jesus said on the cross. You know, Father, do not, do not hold us against them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So again, Stephen being faithful to following Jesus, it led to this. But yet, even as he nears the end, he, he continues to faithfully model and, and display the grace and the love of Jesus, even to his enemies here. Um, which is so, so incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's pray. Yeah. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for men like Stephen who are faithful to not just know your word, but to proclaim it, to embody it, um, to live it, and to speak it. And Father, we ask, as Katie said, you would give us ears to hear, um, hearts to, to truly know your word, and, and give us... Um, Give us hands that, that live your word as well. Uh, may we be faithful. Uh, may we faithfully follow you for your glory, our joy. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm.